0: It's a little bit different being up here to, uh, to talk to you in this capacity, but um, good morning church. Um, for those of you who do not know me, my name is Lauren Fraser. Um, I am not trained in theology. I do not speak Greek, as everyone else seems to at this church, but I do love Jesus. And in the past few years, I have come to understand that my biggest growth, I guess, or the biggest growth um, periods that I have in my spiritual journey come when I'm asked to do something that I am completely unqualified to do. And I just have to lean on God, pray about it a lot, um, and just invite His Holy Spirit in and see what He does. And so far, it's amazing. I actually really love the, um, what He does. And so about a month ago when Sharon called me, um, the conversation went a little bit like, Hey, Lauren, um, I don't have a speaker for the 29th of June. It's school holidays, it's Storm Co., everyone's away. The people who normally speak are either speaking the week before or the week after. Will you do it? And um, I was like, okay, yes, yes, I can do this. All right, let's see what God's going to do in this space. And so here we are, and even though we've prayed, we're going to pray again. Hey, God, thank you so much just for this opportunity. Thank you that you've brought us all here on this beautiful Sabbath morning. Lord, I just pray that you will completely empty me of myself and that you will speak words through me that will um, touch the hearts of everyone here, that every single person here will hear what it is that you have to say to them in this season of their lives, Lord, um, and that you would just open up all of us, um, our hearts, and that your Holy Spirit, we just invite you in here, Lord. Um, this is your home, and we just want to feel your presence and learn more about you this morning, so thank you. Amen. Okay does work. So about the time that Sharon gave me this call, I was sitting in Elijah's room one night. We were doing stories like we do every single night before bed. And I'm mid story and he kind of just stops paying attention and he looks at me and he just gives me this enormous cuddle and he says, Mummy, I love you. I was like, play it cool because otherwise he won't do this again. And this is huge. So this is my son, by the way. Um, And I was like, okay, this is like a big deal for me. Because if you don't know my kids, they are not huggers. I have not been blessed with that. My kids are adorable and I love them. But from the moment they're like, even as young as Scarlett, who's my second child, when you pick them up and you want to cuddle, their arm goes across you like this. Like, I'm up here because I want to be, but don't mistake, this is not a cuddle. There, There is no affection in this. And so I don't have cuddly kids. My niece, she's adorable. When you cu- cu- pick her up and you say cuddles, she, like, nestles in, and um, she's there for minutes on end, and that's just not my blessing. But um, this particular evening, he started, he just gave me this cuddle, and he said, Mommy, I love you. I was like, whoa, like, best parenting moment ever. And... um Afterwards, I just started to think, what it was that God really wanted me to say here this morning, and um, I prayed about it and I went back and forth a little bit because I had two trains of thought initially. One was prayer, and the other was soil or the foundation of our faith. And I thought, you know, I had I had things on both um, that I thought I could say here and. So I wrestled with God a little bit over a couple of days and eventually it became really really clear that he wanted me to talk about prayer and I was like okay, that's cool, like I'm really good with prayer because I've actually just finished this fantastic book on prayer called Fervent and what makes it even more perfect is that I know that the chaplains have been reading it and they've actually been going through it chapter by chapter here at school week by week with the students and um, I was like brilliant, God just wants me to catch up everyone else. While they're away on Stormco, then we're all on the same page. Like, we'll just do this amazing, really big sort of hit in one week, and it'll be really good. So I get out the book, and I read through the first chapter, and I'm making so many notes. I'm like, this is fantastic. I have so much material. And then um, and then God starts to give me those little silent nudges that he, dis, that he does, um, or spiritual wedgies, as Andy Gourlay, um coined the term, and I really liked that one. And I was like, no, God, I was like, thanks for bringing me here, but like, I've got this. Like, you've given me the book, I know what I'm going to say, it's totally cool. And he keeps giving me a nudge, and it takes me like two minutes, and I'm like, who am I kidding? All right, what is it? What is it that you really want me to, um, to, to say here? And I really just felt heavily prompted to go back and look in the Bible and find out why we pray. And I was like, God everyone knows why we pray. If I get up there and start saying why we pray, people will be like, we know, leave. But he's like, no, seriously, go back to the Bible and find why you pray. And so I did. And this is what I found when I started to look. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to bring you hope and a future. And I was like, okay, cool. God's got a plan. Sweet. And then he was, then I f- um, came to Psalms one three nine verse four, and it says, "You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book, you know the words that are on th- uh, that I 'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. And I was like, okay god 's got the plan, God knows our thoughts, He can read them. Why do we pray? And it wasn 't exactly a new revelation, but it still hit me all the same. God wants us to pray. He doesn't need us to pray. He's got the plan, and we know that that's better than anything that we can come up with. He doesn't need us to talk to him, technically, because he knows the thoughts that are on our mind. But he wants us to pray. The God of the universe has given us a 24-7 direct line to him because he wants to hear from you. Do you just let that sink in for a minute? Because we so often just, I don't think, I know that I don't really let that sink in enough. I mean, if someone gave you a direct line to the Prime Minister or the Queen and said, 24-7, call anytime about anything, they want to hear from you and they're going to help you out. You would be like tweeting and hashtagging the heck out of that because that's huge. But this is God. He, like, all cosmic, created the universe, heaven, stars, everything, you, me, and he wants to hear from you 24-7. So, the reason is because he wants a relationship with you. You're his child, and he wants to hear from you. Now, it would not be the same relationship, or it would not be the relationship that I wanted with Elijah if he did not speak to me. I would still love him. I would still feed him care for him. I would still play with him and buy him toys. We would still go on adventures, but it wouldn't quite be exactly what I wanted if he didn't speak to me. Having said that, just because he now tells me that he loves me, I still need to say no every now and then, and I still need to discipline him when he does things that are unsafe, and, um, and God's the same. He loves you so, so much. He wants a relationship with you, his child. And so point one of three for this morning is that God wants you to pray. Now, if there is anyone here who does not know how to pray, you might be new to the concept, or it's been a little while and you're feeling a little rusty, there is a really simple formula that is shown through the book Fervent, and it's very, very um, similar to the Lord's Prayer. It's just a little bit simpler because it's an anagram. And it goes like this, P is for praise him. Now this is more than just thanking God, this is declaring his majesty. God deserves to be praised and worshipped because he created all things and he is our good, good father. Now when we read the Lord's prayer, it starts with our father, because as as big as God's majesty is, as amazing as his all-knowing power, he actually wants us to approach him in prayer like a father, like we would go to our good father and say, I know that you love me, I know that you want what's best for me, so I'm coming to you with whatever it is that's on my heart. Now God, now when we praise God, when we glorify him, we also do this for ourselves in this time because it reminds us of how amazing He actually is and why it's Him that we are submitting our um, problems or issues or just love and season to Him in prayer. It's why we come to Him. R is for repentance. God wants you to love Him wholeheartedly. In And this means giving up every area of our lives that's not actually in line with His will. When we pray earnestly... God shows us the areas of our lives that we have yet to submit to him or where our hand is still grabbing onto something that's in the world. Sin keeps us from God. And so if we want to truly grow closer to him, we have to ask for forgiveness daily. A is for ask. Come to God with your personal, specific requests and write them down. This is so that later you can go back and have a look at what it was that you actually went to God for and you'll remind yourself, wow, he did answer that prayer. May not have been when I thought it was gonna happen, may not have been how I thought it could have happened, but he answered it and I have a record now. And it also makes us think a little bit more specifically about what it is that we're coming to God with because when you write something down, you think about it just a little bit more than as it rattles off the tongue. And why is for yes. Claim the promises God has for your life. Speak it, believe it, see it. God wants to bless you in all areas of your life. And this brings me to point two. God wants an all-access pass. In order for God to be able to bless an area of your life, you must first bring it to him in prayer, Submit it to him in prayer, and then you actually have to let go of it. You have to step back. I cannot say that I am praying for financial breakthrough, but I don't trust God enough to give him my tithes and my offering. I cannot wonder why I don't have a strong marriage if I am still flirting with a co-worker, or looking at seedy websites. We are so eager to bring God our sickness, but so often we ignore his call for able bodies to further grow his kingdom. When we experience situations in our lives that don't resonate with the character of God or the blessings that we know he want, that he has promised us, we need to hand that situation over to him in prayer. During these moments or seasons, when there is distance in our marriage, when we are frustrated with our kids, or when our business plans aren't going the way that we thought they would be, we need to pray. There is power in the name of Jesus. We sing this here at church. We have a song. We sing this weekly almost. So you need to believe it. We can access the full power of God through the name of Jesus and claim his promises over our lives and not just in our relationships, but we can claim them in all areas. Declare the name of Jesus and his blessings over your business. Most of us, your job makes up a large component of your time and therefore is one of the most important reflections of your Christianity. Most of us spend 40 plus hours a week at our job or in our career versus the two hours that we spend here at church every uh, every Saturday morning. If we only display God's character at church, we have missed a huge opportunity and ultimately the point. God wants you to enjoy what you do, because he loves you and he wants you to be happy, but also because it's a massive opportunity for you, whether it's with your employees, the people that you serve, whoever it happens to be, for a lot of people that they are only going to see, or the first glimpse that they are going to see of God's character is going to be what they see through you, so what are you showing them? Because if we just keep that to ourselves until we get to church and we show the people that we know are going to love us for it, we're missing the point. Proverbs, Proverbs 16 verse 3 says, One skilled in business discovers prosperity, but one who trusts in God is blessed beyond belief. Your job is important to God because he loves you and he wants you to be happy, but ultimately because of what you can achieve through it for his kingdom. And about two years ago, we were living with Tristan's parents' house, uh, with Tristan's parents at their house because we were renovating our house. And i just had Elijah, but I was back at work, and we got to school holidays, and I'm a teacher, So work kind of dried up for a relief teacher for a couple of weeks, but we still had things that we needed to pay for. And so we prayed about it and um, decided very, very quickly that tithe was still going to be something that we paid first and God was just going to have to provide for us in another way. We were okay with that. So the next day, I get a phone call from Tristan's cousin's girlfriend in Melbourne she was working for a research company and one of her co-workers was in Brisbane because they were researching people's perception of women's cricket. And she, she called me, and she's like, my co-worker needs someone to help her out and I immediately thought of you because you're a sports teacher. I was like, okay, that's a bit of a leap, but sure. And um, I, so I showed up and it turns out they wanted to know nothing about anything that I could have shared with them. They just needed someone to type all the notes so that they could take their research away with them after the evening. I'm a terrible typist. And I was like, okay God, you've brought me here so uh, I really need to do well. Um, And I, I did, I kept up with the notes and so much so that they called me back a couple of weeks later and I did it again. And it was good. But if that is not an answer to prayer, that only God could have come up with I don't know what is like that was three degrees of separation right after we prayed for it during school holidays an opportunity came up that I was a hundred percent that I was a hundred percent not qualified for now I still had to show up for that paycheck it didn't just appear in the mail I still had to work for it but it was an answer to prayer. Now, Now, we have prayed for financial, uh, we have prayed over our financial situation a number of times. And in that particular scenario, God provided me with an opportunity, but at other times, God has shown us where we can cut back in, in our spending and save money or someone's delivered us a box of groceries for the week, a tin of paint when we needed it, whatever it happens to be, all right? But they are all still an answer to prayer. And when we pray about something, we are acknowledging that ultimately God is in control and he is the provider of all. Many times we receive God's blessings without actually praying for them or possibly even noticing them. He loves us and he wants to bless us. However, the more we pray, the more observant we become as we expect to see him. And therefore, we're looking for where he is working in our lives. Luke 1, 11. Oh, yeah, Luke 11, 1, verses 13. It's just not working for me. All right, let's have a look because this is a parable that Jesus actually explains on persistent prayer. One day as Jesus was in prayer, one of his disciples came to him as he finished and said, would you teach us a model prayer so that that we can pray just like John did for his disciples? So Jesus taught them this prayer, said, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Then Jesus gave this illustration. He said, imagine what would happen if you were to go to one of your friends in the middle of the night and pound on his door and shout, please, do you have some food that you can spare? a friend just arrived at my house unexpectedly and I have nothing to serve him. But your friend says, why are you bothering me? The door's locked and my family are all in bed. Do you expect me to get up and give you food? But listen, because of your shameless imprudence, even though it is the middle of the night, your friend will get up out of his bed and give you what you need. So it is with your prayers. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Every persistent person will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he needs. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. If imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect Heavenly Father... Give the Holy Spirit's fullness when his children ask him. Jesus himself explained here that it is good to be persistent in our prayer life. When we repeat something over and over in prayer, we make that thought or need a priority in our lives, or on our mind, and so we look to see God at work. It changes how we look at the situation or that season or that relationship. And so our perception changes. If we pray into an area of our lives repeatedly, claiming God's blessing and power, we believe in that blessing and power. And so we start to see it manifest in our lives. John, uh, 1 John 5 verse 14. Now, this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He will hear us. And if we know He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have asked of Him. God wants to bless you. Now, I know what a few of you are thinking. There is a second half to that sentence in accordance to God's will. So, how do we know if what we're asking for is in line with God's will. And that brings me to point three. God wants you to seek him and to trust him. Has anyone ever played hide and seek with a two-year-old? Yeah, okay, a few of you, yes. Elijah loves this game. He's recently discovered it and he loves this game. And recently we were over at Poppy and G's house, which is my parents, and Elijah was playing this game with Poppy and he would go and hide and Poppy counts to ten and then he comes out and of course you know where they are because they like hiding like this. And, um, but he still enjoys the game and um, he, obviously he gets found and then they switch turns and suddenly Poppy goes and hides and it's Elijah's turn to find him. Now Elijah loves this game but he's not very good at it. So we've actually merged it for his sake with Marco Polo. So when it's Elijah's turn to look for Poppy, he runs around the house calling out, Marco! And from wherever Poppy's hiding, he calls out Polo. And eventually, this makes it a little bit easier for Elijah to find him. However, then when we switched back, and it was Elijah's turn to hide again, he was so excited to be found, he still wanted to be a part of the game. So even though Poppy knows exactly where he is, Poppy now calls out Marco and Elijah responds with Polo because he just can't wait to be found and he has to be a part of that game. Now, this is kind of how I envision the process is for God. Once we choose to follow him and we make the decision to seek him and to learn about his will for our lives, he is so excited, he cannot wait to be found. Now, I have never heard God call out Polo, He has given us a Bible that is full of stories and blessings and promises that show us what his character is like and can help us to understand his will. So just like Elijah, when he seeks to find Poppy, we have to understand that seeking is an action. It says, knock and the door will be opened to you. Seek and you will find the action is simple and the search is not great, but it is required. Then, the more we search for God and his truth by simply reading his word, showing up to church, talking to people in your life group, praying, whatever it is that keeps you connected with God, we are going to understand his will. Now, I will be the first to admit that there are some things that are simply beyond our understanding. That sometimes God doesn't grant us the knowledge or the wisdom to make sense of our scenario or situation. And in these times, it's difficult to trust God and his plan, it really, really is. We have a dog named Rusty. He is a Border Collie across Kelpie, so he is just fast across smart. And we love him, but like you can see the crazy in his eyes, right? So he absolutely loves going for a walk. And as soon as I'm in active wear and I he just gets so excited and then I put on my running shoes and he's like, Oh my goodness. And it kind of sucks for him because I gym a lot and he doesn't get to come on those times, but he still gets excited every single time I wear sneakers. And it's He's a, he's a good dog. He he comes when he calls. He's relatively well behaved. He's not a biter or vicious or anything, um, but we still put him on a lead because he's just so excited. And we've even got a harness now for him, just just to help us out a little bit. And as excited as he is when we when he knows that it's actually his turn to go for a walk, I'm not just going to the gym. As soon as I pull out that harness, he's like, no. no, no, no. He walks like away, he, he just kind of cowers, and I go to grab his leg and put the harness on and he's like, oh, I don't want to. But eventually I get him in the harness and we go for a walk, and all is forgiven because now we're on a walk. Now we have like this track near our house that we enjoy going on, and there are some areas on this track where I can let him off the lead because for miles. There's no cars around. We're not near a road. I can see for dog's coming. And he is just so happy in this freedom when the lead comes off. But we keep walking and eventually we get back to the road and I need to put the lead back on him. And he just looks at me like, why, Mum? Like, I've been good. Like, I didn't run away. I can when you call. Why am I going back on the lead? But I put him back on the lead and we finish our walk and that's it is what it is. That's how we do it every time. And again, it hit me one day when I was walking. That this so often is how we are with God. He lets us off the lead. We enjoy our freedom. We're good children. We don't go far. We come when we're called. We're obedient. And so we don't we do not understand when that lead has to go back on why. Like why God I've done everything that you've asked. I stayed close. Why is that lead going back on? I do not understand. And, but what God sees that we can't see is that dog that's up ahead that's twice our size or that bicycle that is zooming up behind us that's going to collect us. It's the cars going 60 kilometres an hour across the road that we're approaching to cross. Just like Rusty doesn't understand, when I put the lead back on, even though he has been a good dog, it is because I love him and I don't want him to get hurt. God's the same. We may not be able to see that obstacle ahead, we may not even be able to comprehend it. And so we can't understand why God puts us back on the lead, why it's his will to take away a little bit of our freedom. But if we trust him, we can believe that what he does is in our best interest and that it's out of love. So, three points that we've covered today let's just quickly recap. Number one, God wants you to pray. He does not need you to pray. He wants you to pray. He knows your thoughts, he's got the plan, but he wants you to pray because he wants relationship with you. Number two, God wants an all-access pass. He wants to bless you in every area of your life, but in order for him to bless you, you must first submit it to him in prayer, and then let go. And number three, God wants you to seek him and to trust him. Seeking is an action. It's not a hard one, but it is required. And trusting God, even when we don't don't understand, and it's hard, we still believe that what he does, he does out of love, and because he wants us to be blessed, and not harmed. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so, so much that we can just meet here today and that we can learn more about you. Lord, we thank you that you have given us this 24-7 direct access line of communication to you purely because you want to hear from us and you want relationship with us. Lord, we ask that you will show us the areas in our lives that we are holding back from you so that we can hand them over to you and that you can bless them fully. Lord, we ask that you would just give us whatever it takes so that we can completely trust you, Lord, so that we know how to seek you and how to trust you even when we don't understand what it is that's going on in our lives. Lord, we love you so, so much and we're so, so grateful that you choose us and for the opportunity to choose you back, Lord. Please walk with us this week. Guide us in all areas and continue to bless us as your children. We love you so much.